0: Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to uh, go back to, to Deuteronomy. And uh, before I get into De- Deuteronomy, what a name, you know, okay? Uh, that that word means something, but I, I can't tell you what it is. I, I didn't, didn't think about that. But anyway, Deuteronomy, it's, it's a historic book. These first five are, well, they're actually several. Uh, they're progressional. In other words, they're a historic line here. But Deuteronomy chapter one, just look at this. Look what he says. The children of Israel have already wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Now they're fixing to get into the promised land. Everybody has died. Remember, the Lord said, all you that are 20 years and older are going to die, you know, because they, they didn't believe the Lord would let them get in the promised land. They thought they would die. I mean, they thought they, yeah, they, they thought the giants would kill them. Notice this. This book records, what does it say? addressed to the people of Israel when they were camped in the valley of Arabah in the wilderness of Moab, east of the Jordan River. It's basically, they left Egypt, but they've been out there in the wilderness for 40 years. Their own fault. Only takes nine days to get there, but they floundered around. The speech was given on. i just pointing it out. This was a speech. So Moses is going to recap some stuff here. Now, we already, we looked at chapter 7 uh, yesterday, and notice he's saying, when the Lord brings in the promised land. Notice I want to point this out. Uh, as he soon will, he will destroy the following seven nations, all greater and mightier than you are. He names them. I want to pick up in chapter seven. So he goes on and says, chapter one, I mean, verse one, you must obey all the commandments I give you today. If you do, you'll not only live, but you'll multiply and go in and take over the, the land promised to your fathers by the Lord. I mean, praise the Lord. I mean, all right, here we go. Do you remember how the Lord led you through the wilderness? Look at this. All those 40 years, humbling you and testing you to find out whether you would respond and whether or not you would really obey him. See, he taught them about the manna too. Remember, they got there and they, they, as soon as they didn't have any water, instead of asking the Lord, they were complaining, we should go back to Egypt. So that's what he's talking about. If they had just turned to him, he would have fixed it. But they never would calm down and go, well, we got a new problem, but I bet you the Lord's going to take care of us. Remember when they were chasing, they were running away from Pharaoh, and they, when the sea split, so they didn't know that was going to happen. They got all the way to the edge, and then they go, ah, the Lord brought us out here to get killed. But that's not the case. He says, yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry, then feeding you with manna, a food previously known to both of you and your ancestors. He did it to help you realize, now this is where Jesus came to that phrase, man shall not live by bread alone. Here it is, right here. Help you realize that food isn't everything, And that real life comes from obeying every command of God. For all these... What do we really believe? I know this next verse is going to be powerful, but we just think this is fantasies? Well, if we think it's fantasies, then we have to believe the resurrection is a fantasy. Jesus really didn't resurrect from the dead. Man made this religion. People wear crosses for nothing because it never happened. He died and people just got excited and wanted to... No, he was resurrected. That's what started all this. Nobody believed that Jesus was going to die on the cross. They were shocked. So look at this. For all these 40 years, that's when the children of Israel, they said there's giants in the land, we can't go in there. God said, well, you're not going in there. He swore with an oath, you're not going to enter. You're not going in. Your kids will, but not you. So they had to wander back and forth in the wilderness. Look at this. And I'm wearing Cole Hans, you know. This is not going to last no 40 years. (laughs) You think about that. And I would think I have a whole lot better shoe than what they had. For all these 40 years, and to prove the point, if it was common, why would he say it? This was not common. This was, G. it's common with the Lord. Your clothes haven't grown old. Wow. And your feet haven't, look at this, been blistered and swollen. So you should realize that as a man punishes his son, the Lord punishes you to help you. Now, if you go back and look, you'll see what that punishment is. It's not car wrecks and stuff like that. It's to trust the Lord. Remember, the manna was only supposed to last, it did. It only lasted that day. And if you didn't listen to the Lord, I'm going to grab some for tomorrow. And you shoved a bunch in a jar when you woke up the next morning, had maggots in it. That's what he's talking about. It's not cancer And all these things. Okay. He says, obey the laws of the Lord, God, your God. Walk in his ways and fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of brooks, pools, gush. Look at this. Gushing springs, valleys, and hills. It's a land of wheat and barley and grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates. Wow. Olives and honey. It's a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It's a land where iron is as common as stone and copper copper is abundant in the hills. Look at this. That's why... We, it's called the promised land, Is, okay? Oh, how we've heard this so much. Whoops, whoops, I passed something. Passed a lot. Okay. Yeah, when you have eaten your fill. Now, here's where we are today. We got to make sure we remember this. When you have eaten your fill, bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Now, I know it's it's a strong temptation among all of us in our Common language, and I see my brothers and sisters in the Lord say this too. They don't mean to. They, I think they just get caught at it. But you need to work on getting good at it. A lot of times we like to say, "Boy, I was lucky, wasn't it?" Boy, you got lucky on that. I remember that's, that's something my dad would always say. He said, "Boy, we got lucky on that one." Yeah. We need to remind ourselves it's the Lord. You know what I'm saying? I, and uh, I've seen the I've seen the best of us that really love Jesus, and it's sometimes we just we just say that, not picking on that. But it, it, but the point we want to pick on is. I need to be thankful. It's not because I buckled down and went to college and stuff like that. Notice when you've eaten your fill, bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, and you can see how this gets us. I got my kids all married off. They're doing good now. And we're not even in any breath thanking the Lord. We got to make sure we don't do that. At least, thank God, our nation has a, has a day designated to remind us, oh, yeah, be thankful. You know, Thanksgiving, but sometimes even then, we're not thanking the right person. So look what he says. Beware in that day of plenty. You don't forget the Lord your God and begin to disobey him. For when you have become full, prosperous, and built fine homes to live in, look at that. That's the blessing of the Lord. That's where he wants us. And when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied, well, wait a minute. That's not... It is part of your blessing. He's telling us to do what? That's the time to watch out that you don't become proud and forget the Lord your God who brought you out of your slavery in the land of Egypt. Now, remember this was 40 years ago, but there's already a temptation to say, well, I don't know. I didn't see it, you know, and and whatever. And I like the gods of Moab. And remember by the time David gets here, well, pretty close. David's son Solomon, after Solomon dies, that'd, be, that'd still give them 40 years each. Uh, so about 200 years from this, one group replaces the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, 10 tribes, there's 12, 10 of them set up two cows and said, these are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. Oh, you, your prosperity is gonna go out the window if we do that. And that's what he says. Notice what he says. Beware that you don't forget the Lord your God. Look what he did. Who led you through the great and terrible wilderness with the dangerous snakes and scorpions. Praise God. <laughs> Phil was talking about a snake, and the reason he jumped or whatever is because we don't want to deal with that stuff. And I don't want to deal with scorpions either. That includes spiders and anything else. Wasp and whatever. There's been a many a time I've been doing something and I'm doing something. I'm a believer and I know the Lord helps me. I'm doing something, and I'm doing and I, whoa, there was a huge wasp nest. And I saw it. Praise the Lord. I remember seeing one in a car door one time. I was doing something and doing this, and whoa! You just see it. The Lord points it out. I'm a pray, and what you want to do is thank the Lord. Oh, I was sure lucky about that. Your luck is gonna run out if we keep saying that, you know. This is true. So he says, uh where it was so hot and dry. They had air conditioning out there in that desert. Wow. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness. It was a kind of bread unknown before so that you would become humble. And look at this. And so that your trust in him would grow. Now, what do you mean? Well, if you go back, remember the story? If you saved a little, it became maggots. Okay. You had to know, think of how many friends or even yourself could you do this? We're so used to, You've heard me say, well, I've got, I'm on a contract, it's a five-year contract. I've already spent one year, so I got, what, I got four years left. What am I going to do today? So it's the same thing. You can worry about wonder what's going to happen, or like you're talking about your brother, you know, what's going to happen to me, whatever. We can, and we th- as Americans, we think that's what we're supposed to do. Well, it's, it's healthy for us. I need to worry. Uh, I'm going to call the president. <laughs> we got to have some help. We need a better president. Because what's going to happen, you know? Well, you never know. What if a war breaks out? That's why it's so important to just, like he did here, every day, just trust your food is going to be there. The Lord will get it to you. And remember, that's what Jesus said. Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall wear. Because he'll get it to you. And you you know, you have friends just like I do that could not do that. They think, we got to be honest, maybe we'll be better off Being a socialist country. Are you kidding me? Look at the socialist countries. They're poor. That's not the answer. Even our country is not the answer. The answer is Jesus. Now, here we go. Let's keep going. And truly, we'll see that in a minute. He fed you with manna. Okay. So that you would become humble. So that your trust in him would grow. Uh, He could do, uh, let's see. Yeah. So look what he says. And he could do you good. Praise God. Look at this. He did it so that, he's talking about the manna, he did it so that you would never feel that it was your own power and might that made you wealthy. Richard, are we reading the Bible? Yeah. Look at this. This next scripture is almost like John three sixteen. A lot of preachers pull this out. A lot of believers have this, but they have no idea where it came from. I'll quote it to you. It's God who gives you the power to get wealth to establish His covenant. Well, what does that mean? Well, what it means is what we're reading here in context. It truly is God who gives you the power to get wealth to establish, like I say, His His covenant. But watch what, watch what that this establishes covenant. Look what He actually means. If you think about it, establishes covenant. He's saying so I can prove that what I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And and I know the Lord wanted me to point this out. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are referencing three people, not a, uh, not a, uh, well, he's just trying to call out a bunch of people. No, the descendants of those are later. Abraham, we saw what he did. He trusted the Lord. Even when the Lord said, hey, offer your son up, Abraham said, okay. And so he took Isaac. But he, remember, he knew Abraham knew God would raise Isaac from the ashes. It wasn't like, oh gosh, I gotta kill my own son. <laughs> the book of Hebrews said Abraham knew that. It says, okay, if I torch him, because God said, through Isaac, you're gonna have these descendants. And he said, well, okay, well, I'm gonna basically kill him. I'm gonna have a bunch of descendants. You're gonna have to raise him from the dead. But anyway, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those three guys, we have the stories about Isaac, and he trusted the Lord. Jacob, we have a slew of stories. His son was Joseph, who wound up in Egypt, became Pharaoh. And you know, whether we, whether we men in here, and we do, most of us would say this, I'm sure, and probably most men everywhere. Sometimes we get aggravated with our daddies and whatever, but we learned a lot from our daddies. It's just the way the structure is. Now, you can have a lousy daddy, I get it. But man, there are so many things I've learned from Billy Adair. And one of them is why I'm doing this today. He had given his heart to Jesus. And his daddy had given his heart to Jesus. Anyway, so look at it. Always remember it's the Lord your God who gives you the power to become rich. And that's why, like that picture right there, it's got that old man right there in front of that bread. He's, he's symbolizing his prayer, praying you. Thankful. Thank you for this food, Lord. Thank you for my job. Anyway, here we go. Look at this. So it says here, always remember it's the Lord your God who gives you the power to become rich and he does it to fulfill his promise to your ancestors. So in other words, you can thank Abraham for what he did. If we ever saw him, you know, we will one day. And we thank the Lord, but I'm just saying, this is why. He says, but if you forget about the Lord your God and worship other gods, notice you're gonna stumble and fall, but we're not gonna stumble into, I think I can do without Jesus. Well, we certainly don't wanna do that. Worship some other God. He said, and follow evil ways, and you shall certainly perish, just as the Lord God has caused the other nations in the past to perish. That will be your fate, if, uh, too, if you don't obey the Lord your God, which is what happened to the Israelites here. It's not like, well, hey, what happened? Uh, you can read what happened. Hey, worship those two stupid cows. Oh, Israel, listen, today, today you are to cross the Jordan River. See, they were right there. Now, Moses does have to die. He's going to die after this speech. You've got to walk up on this mountain. God lets him see the promised land. You ain't not going to get in there, but you're going to see it. Here we go. Those nations are much greater and more powerful than you are. Well, that would scare us, but he's, what is he telling us? Don't be afraid. They live in high-walled cities. Jericho, remember that? But, man, they wiped out Jericho as soon as they hit that promised land. And they wiped them all out. Among them are the famed Anak giants. See, he's coming out and telling them. Yep, they giant's over there, but don't worry. Against whom no man can stand. Ah, but you can. Man, we can do all things through Christ. Greater is he that sent us. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Look at this. But the Lord your God, look at this, will go before you as a devouring fire to destroy them. Well, see, they've seen that. It was against them a few times. They were winding and carrying. All of a sudden, the fire of God came on the backside of The multitude and it was, man, Aaron went running in there and and grabbed a censer and went running through all the people and it stopped all of the, you can read the story yourself. It's just, oh, a few chapters before all this in Numbers. They're going, we want to go back to Egypt, you know. I mean, what are we going to do? We're either going to believe this or not. Of course, we choose to believe it. Look what he says. I'm going to send out a devouring fire so that you will quickly conquer them and drive them out. Then, when the Lord has done this for you, see, look at this: don't say to yourselves, and I, I remember as a Baptist growing up, the Baptists slowly got over into a little bit of liberalism, and they were all unconsciously except they got to more say it. It was all these political leaders that were in the proper places and. Our psychology and our new doctors and stuff and, and our, we just, we're just we the best men that have ever been on this planet. It was us, us, and you watched what happened. Those churches emptied out. And of course, the people, thank God, went to places like this place and other places where they could keep hearing the Bible because they couldn't, they couldn't keep up with listening to that junk. I remember my dad quit going. Our wonderful church we had, he quit going. Well, I don't blame him. I didn't hear the name of Jesus for nearly two years. I thought, what? Then when the Lord's done this for you, don't say to yourselves, the Lord has helped us, but look at this, because we're so good. What can we do with this? A lot. Just recognize. It's not because Janet's better than all the rest of us. She's getting blessed because of Jesus. Paul is getting blessed because of Jesus. And then if you feel like you've made some mistakes, don't say, well, I'm going to be left out. Look at this. Look what he says. It's not because we're so good. Remember, look what he's going to say. Yeah, I won't tell you about yourself. No, it's because of, look at this, the wickedness of the other nations. Remember 400 years before? Well, yeah, 450 years before, God told this to Abraham. He said, your children, your descendants are going to be so large, they're going to wind up being slaves to Pharaoh, and they're going to wind up going to the promised land. I'm going to bring them out with great wealth. But he said, uh, "It won't be until then that the, the the people in the in the promised land will be ready for punishment." It's about like the doggone Indians here in the United States. They weren't rosy, rosy people. They were doing human sacrifice just as much as the Aztecs were in South America. It was all. I mean, man, remember the promise that God gave to Noah? He said that he said, "I put a rainbow." saying, I'll never do this again. And he says, even though man is bent on evil. So the Indians weren't running around here doing the greatest thing in the world. Some of them may have been, but not all of them. All right, here we go. No, it's because of the wickedness of the other nations. He's doing this. It's not because I'm such a hotshot. No, look what he says. It's not at all because you're such fine and upright people. Now, what I want to point out here is you've got wonderful promises like healing and prosperity and whatever. You don't have to be fine and upright, people. It's because he's keeping his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And ultimately, today, he's keeping his covenant with Jesus. Here we go. Uh, so it's not because you're such fine, upright people that the Lord will drive them out from before you. I say it again. It's only because of the wickedness of the other nations. And because, here it is, because of his promises to three Three fellows. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all in the book of Genesis. You can read for yourself what they did. Speaking of that, these two guys were liars. You know where they lied. Uh, Sarah, tell the Pharaoh that you're my sister. Okay. So, so Sarah winds up going into Pharaoh's harem. And then bad things happen to Pharaoh. Pharaoh. And he came back and told Abraham, what'd you do this for? And Abraham said, well, I thought you might kill me. <laughs> you know, Isaac did the same thing. Sometimes we're worried about, well, you tell a lie, you're in trouble. It just seems like lying. It seems like the, what's going on. Did he tell a lie? Yeah. His mama was in on it, dressed him up like a sheep, basically, put hair all over him, went in there to his dad and said, hey, I'm Mom Esau. <laughs> yeah. And God's going to promise you anything? Yes, he did. He did. What's interesting, if you remember the story, God already said, Jacob I loved and his brother Esau I hated. God already selected this guy anyway. Anyway, <clears throat> All right, here we go. I'll say it again. Jehovah, your God is not giving this land because you are so good. I think he's told us three times, so I think we got it. Let's make sure. <laughs> Notice what he says, for you are not. Oh, What hurts my feelings? You're wicked and stubborn people. Yeah, you know what? The whole New Testament is filled with this stuff, reminding us of this. this. So all that we see here is for us today. He says, don't you remember? Now, look, he's going to recall it. Don't you remember? Oh, never forget it. How you continually angry, how continually angry you made the Lord your God out of the wilderness from the day you left Egypt. Yeah, that's right. Remember, they got out there. I already told you they got to the water, and they go, ah, God brought us out here to die. They had just seen the plague of darkness, the plague of the cattle. Remember, it never bothered them. And the the death angel, the Passover, didn't kill any of their kids. Uh, What else was it? Frogs, flies, lice. I'd be happy just to miss the lice, you know. (laughs) I don't want want that creepy stuff. But they didn't get touched by any of it. And he said, and then you get all the way out there and you think, well, you know. In other words, you can have this attitude, nothing's good enough. And you've met people like this. Hopefully it's not any of us. And hopefully we don't do this to the Lord. Well, that's not good enough, you know. God's done all this for you and all of a sudden I got a problem today. Oh man, here we go again, you know. Well, wait a minute. Remind yourself of what the Lord's done. Know he'll take care of what's in the the future for you and trust him to do it. He, uh, He did for them and look how lousy they treated him. For all this time, you've constantly rebelled against him. Don't you remember how angry he made you? You made him at Mount Horeb. We ain't got no water. He look at this. He was ready to destroy you. I was on the mountain at that time, receiving the contract which Jehovah had made for you—the tab, the stone tablets with the laws inscribed upon them. I was there forty days and forty nights at that time. I ain't nothing at all. I didn't even take a drink of water. You know, Jesus did this. I'll tell you. God is, is, he can just sustain your body. All right, here we go. And at the end of those 40 days and nights, God gave me the contract. The tablets, yeah, but you know what happens here. The tablets on which uh, he had written the commandments, he had spoken from the fire-covered mountain. See, there it is again. That place was on fire. We read that. While the people watched below. He told me, look what he said. He told me to go down quickly because the people that I had led out of Egypt have defiled themselves quickly turning away from the laws of God, and they made an iron idol from molten metal. Yeah, a cow, moo. Let me alone, that I may destroy this evil, stubborn people, the Lord told me. I will blot out their name from heaven, and I'll make a mighty nation of you, mightier and greater than I are. I came down from the burning mountain, holding in my hand the two tablets inscribed with the laws of God, you know, you know. Charleston Heston or whatever, or whoever it was, the other guy, George C. Scott, and just <laughs> broke him, you know? Man, there below me, I could see, there it is, the calf you had made in your terrible sin against the Lord, your God. How quickly you turned, look what it says, you turned away from him. Now, as a Baptist preacher, we like to say, because you went to the honky-tonk, because <laughs> you sashed your mama, Because you don't do this and you don't do this. No, 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 no. They turned away from him. They made him a cow and they were worshiping that stupid thing. I lifted up the tablets high above my head. I dashed them to the ground. I smashed them before your eyes. Then for another 40 days and nights, I lay before the Lord. Here it is, neither eating or drinking. Wow. How can you do that? It's the Lord. Okay, no problem. Waiting, uh, excuse me, uh, neither eating bread or drinking water for you had done what the Lord hated the most, thus provoking him to great anger. Look at this, how I feared for you for the Lord was ready to destroy you. But at that time too, he listened to me. Aaron was in great danger. See, Aaron was the one that built that stupid cow. (laughs) Aaron said he asked when that happened in Exodus. Aaron asked everybody because he was being pressured by the crowd. Everybody give me an earring where did you get those gold earrings from? They robbed, basically, Egypt. And Aaron said this in the Living Bible. He says, don't get so excited. You know how these people are? I took a gold earring from all them, threw it in the fire, and out popped this calf. <laughs> yeah, really, I bet you shaped it. Of course he did, yeah. Aaron was in great danger because the Lord was so angry with him. But I prayed and the Lord spared him. You know, let's don't stop here. Maybe you got somebody that you need to be praying for. Yeah, I'm telling you, the Lord will spare him. There's a verse in 1 John chapter, it's 5, 1 John chapter 5. He says, if any man see a man's sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall pray for him, and the Lord will give him life. Praise God. Now, he's not talking about a sin that's going to kill him. He's talking about eternal sin, basically, you can forget praying. If somebody turns their back on Jesus, I don't want Jesus. I want Buddha from now on. That's like he said here. That's devastating. You know, every other sin is not. You and I, when we see a brother making a mistake or a sister, we can just say, "Lord, oh, forgive them." Think about Jesus. He's on the cross. What did he say? "Father, forgive them. They know not what they do." Well, wait a minute, Jesus. It's up. You just, why do you say that for? Because they're toast. Mm. Not because of what Jesus said. I mean, because of what Jesus said. Anyway, here we go. He said, I took your sin, the calf you had made, and burned it, ground it into fine dust, threw it into the stream that cascades out of the mountain. Remember, he also made him drink it too. So you're going to drink his stuff. All right. Again, here we go. See, remember he's telling how terrible they were. And again, at Tibera, once again, and at Massa, two more places. You angered the Lord. And yet again, here we go, at this place. This was where they tried to get in the promised land. At Kadesh Barnea, where the Lord told you to enter the land he had given you, you rebelled. Look at this. You would not believe that he would help you. Boy, I tell you. We have to. The the best cure is to keep reading your Bible. If you take the miraculous out, (laughs) you don't even need to read your Bible. It's awesome. It's not fairy tales. And you need to believe that the Lord wants to help you. Mm. Anyway. The Lord told you into the land, you rebelled. You wouldn't believe that he would help you. You refused to obey him. Yes, you have been rebellious against the Lord from the first day I knew you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's why I fell before him for 40 days and nights when the Lord was ready to destroy you. Now, Moses was in on this too. He got his self in trouble. The sons of Korah. <laughs> Moses got so mad at them. He <laughs> Moses told the Lord, you go read it. That was right after... They didn't they, right when they started having to wander for 40 years in the wilderness, they got mad at Moses. and God goes to the Lord and he says this: Don't even listen to their prayers. <laughs> he said, "I never stole a donkey from them. <laughs> That's what Moses said. He was mad. And remember Moses got mad again when the Lord said, "Hold up your rod and speak to that, uh, that rock." Moses said, "I'll do better than that. I'm going to hit the doggone thing." <laughs> he hit it. And God said, "Because you hit it, you ain't going in the promised land either. Yeah. He's going to say that in a minute. Okay, I prayed to the Lord, Don't, dis- uh, oh God, don't destroy your people. They're your inheritance, saved from Egypt by your great, mighty power and glory and strength. Don't notice the rebellion and stubbornness of these people. Look at that. Did you know Jesus is doing that for us because we're pretty stubborn too sometimes? Yeah, whatever. But remember, look what he says. He, remember these three guys. Your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Again, why didn't he say in uh, Judah... And, uh, no, it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Watch what they did. Remember, uh, Psalm, Psalm 20. It says, may the God of Jacob defend you. So first verse. Wow. The God of Jacob. Yeah, go read about him. Remember, one of the things, he thought he lost his son, and he didn't lose his son. He lost him for about 25 years, and all of a sudden, oh, Joseph's alive. yeah. He's also basically Pharaoh. Whoa, man. Anyway, oh, please overlook the awful awful wickedness and sin of these people. For if you destroy them, the Egyptians will say it's because the Lord wasn't able to bring them in the land he promised them. Or he destroyed them because he hated them. He brought them in the wilderness to slay them. They're your people, your inheritance that you brought from Egypt by your great power and mighty arm. That's the reason it's good to go back, even even if you just play, and just try to remember how many plagues there were. Well, I think there was about 10. Well, can you name one? Uh, Frogs. Yeah. Okay, good. Good Think about those things. Because God said to Moses, he said, tell your grandkids this. Because they're not going to know, why do we do this, daddy? Because your mom and daddy were rescued from Egypt. You would not believe, but I'm going to tell you what the Lord did. You're kidding me. They went through the sea walled up on both Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget there was a little far side cartoon. It was Moses in a bathtub. He was in a bathtub, you know, it's just a joke, but it still was good. Moses, when it said the caption was Moses when he was little. So he's sitting in the bathtub with a rubber duck, and the water's walled up on both sides. <laughs> you know. But we ought to think about those things. I mean the New Testament's full of this. We're gonna touch it in just a second. Uh so that was the end of that, and I want to hit uh, this next one because he's still talking. He said, At that time the Lord told me to cut two more stone tablets, like the first. So wouldn't it be terrible to read this? I know we got we're we got time crunches here, but he's still it's a speech, isn't it? And make a wooden ark that's gonna be the ark of the covenant and keep them in it and return to God on the mountain. He said that he would rewrite the tablets the same com- with the same commandments that were on the tablets I had smashed and that I should place them in the ark, okay? Uh, So I made the ark of acacia wood and hewed out two stone tablets like the first, and he took the tablets on the mount of God. I I remember somebody was talking, I heard it this week, and says, well, when Moses wrote out those, Moses Moses never wrote these commandments. God did. I just kind of like to see what his handwriting looked like, if you think about that. Anyway, uh, he again wrote the 10 commandments on them and gave them to me. They were the same commandments he had given you from the heart of the fire on the mountain as you watched below. Remember, the, even the New Testament says the mountain was on fire and the people watched. Okay, then I came down and placed the tablets in the ark I had made at where they are to this day, just as the Lord commanded me. The people of Israel then journeyed to Beroth of B'nai, whatever this place is, where Aaron died. Now, this is, this is within about a year of where we are right now. Aaron was died and he was buried and his son Eliezer became the next priest. Then we journeyed to whatever this place is, God, whatever. And from there to Jotbahath, whatever, Decatur and whatever, Hartzell, whatever. Look at this, a land of brooks and water. Wow. It was there that Jehovah set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the ark containing the Ten Commandments and to stand before the Lord to do his work and to bless his name just as... As, uh, as is done today. That's why the tribe of Levi does not have a portion of land reserved in the promised land as their brothers do. Now, they get some land. Oh, they get it. So don't think they're just, well, we just keep the preacher poor. <laughs> That's not true. They were loaded. They had cows. And remember, everything you brought to the Lord, they got basically a third of it, probably half of it. Sometimes it was all of it. Because remember the wave offering? The wave offering wasn't here, I waved this before the Lord, and then we chunk it in the fire. No, it was handed to the priest. It belonged to the priest and the Levites. Anyway, remember every donkey, every cow, donkey, camel, whatever, the firstborn went to the, we'll call it the church, whatever, went to these guys. They had plenty. As I said before, I stayed on the mountain before the Lord for 40 days and nights. And the second time, just as I had the first, the Lord gave the Lord again yielded to my plea. And I think he says, didn't destroy you. Yeah. And didn't uh, destroy you. But he said to me, arise, lead the people to the land. I promised their fathers. It's time to go in. All right, here we go with a new batch of people. Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? Listen carefully. All he says to you and to obey for your own good, the commandments of the Lord I'm giving you today and love him and worship him with all your hearts and souls. Remember, that's where that guy came to Jesus and said, What's the greatest commandment? Jesus quoted that right there. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. You know. And then Jesus added to it, and another one's just like it love your neighbor as yourself. Look at this earth and highest heaven belong to the Lord, and yet he rejoiced in your fathers oh, and loved them so much he chose you, their children, to be above every nation, as is evident today. That's why you just be thankful. It's not, I mean, we all make mistakes. And even Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob made some mistakes. But uh, praise the Lord. Anyway, therefore, cleanse your sinful hearts and stop your stubbornness. He tells you what's going on. You can see. I mean, when you think about it, when you think, well, my world's over with. Find time for a car to quit on me, you know. Uh, Don't do that. There's angels around you. Act like you're in heaven. Oh, what am I worried about a car for? God will take care of this. Yes, he will. Anyway, Jehovah is your God, God of gods and Lord of lords. He is the great and mighty God, a God of terror who shows no partiality, takes no bribes. He gives, look at this, he gives justice to the fatherless and widows. I mean, I tell you what, we can have a boatload of widows that don't even know Jesus will help them. Same thing's true with widowers. I know my dad's kind of one of them. He's like, don't I have a wife? And he's got dementia, but anyway, what I'm just saying, he, you know, am I, And my uncle right now, bless his heart, the way he's, that's my dad's brother. It's just all about, i got to have a wife. Well, why not fall in love with somebody is what I'm thinking. i got to have a wife. And he wouldn't even let my cousin visit with him at this uh, wedding. It was her brother's son. uh, Her brother's daughter was having a wedding. and, And he's just acting like my dad. He was telling Kim, my cousin, who's nearly my age, don't sit with me because I'm trying to, I'm trying to win this woman over to be, my, I need for, be a wife. I'm like, oh, man, please. But, you know, sometimes when people get old, they lose their senses, whatever. But I'm just saying, and this guy's, a, this guy's supposed to know the things of Jesus. He's a minister. That's why we all can be guilty for this. Look what God says. Remember that the, the David wrote, when father and mother forsake me, what did he say? The Lord will take me up. That's our stubbornness. Because all of a sudden, we're just panicking. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to... Do you own a Bible? Well, I believe every page in it. <laughs> you know you don't. You don't act like it. That's where it matters. Look what he says. He gives justice to the fatherless. So if you're fatherless, it's not like he'll eventually do it to some other... Every fatherless is what he said. What a deal. Our God is so awesome. And widows. Man, they're just a burden on society. Pfft, if I was a widow and I knew what we knew now, and I was not gonna be stubborn, I ain't worried. Remember, there was a widow that came to see Jesus when he was born. Remember that? She was in the temple. She never had married. She had been, she was married seven years, I think it was. And she <laughs> she saw Jesus, you know, as a baby. And she prophesied about about him, whatever. He loves foreigners and gives them food and clothing. That's the same thing. And he warns us, says, you better be good to foreigners. I know sometimes we used to, in America, we were like, just send them dead burned Mexicans back down. (laughs) Whatever. Well, send us back to Ireland, wherever we come from, whatever. We got to watch out for that. You must love foreigners. Look at this for you yourselves. I wish you wouldn't say this because we know that never happened. Are you kidding it did? For you yourselves were foreigners in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God, worship him, cling to him, take oaths in his name only. That means like what he means by that is is just hey, I promise the Lord and, and I say it in his name, whatever. He's your praise. Look at this and he's your God. Look at this the one who has done mighty miracles you yourself have seen. Look at this, when your ancestors were, uh, went down into Egypt, there were only 70 of them. Look at that, that's a historical note. That's the first thing in, chapter, in Exodus chapter one, 70. Joseph was already there, okay. When your ancestors were in Egypt, there was only 70 of them, but now the Lord your God has made you as many as the stars in the sky. Now there's, it just, you ought to read yourself. We're not gonna do it uh, today. Chapter 11, I want us to jump over here. All that we've seen here, Let's go to the, the apostle Paul uh, wrote this letter to the church in Corinth. It's basically in Greece. Look what he says. We must never forget what, dear brothers, what happened to our people in the wilderness long ago. That's what we just looked at. God guided them by sending a cloud that moved along ahead of them. He's naming some of them. Woo! And he brought them all safely through the waters of the Red Sea. Part of that stuff? This might be called their baptism. Okay, anyway, just just pointing it out. Don't forget what happened is what he says. Uh, Their commitment to him as their leader, and by a miracle, God sent them, look at that food there, we just read that, Food, food to eat, water to drink. And there they ate the water that Christ gave them, you know, see, that's where the Lord was. He was there with them as a mighty rock, of spiritual refreshment. Look at this. Yet after all this, most of them did not believe and they got destroyed. In the Notice he says, from this lesson we're warned we must not desire evil things. All right, let's jump to another place. Uh, book of Hebrews here. Uh, catch it. Yeah, Hebrews, let's go to three here. Oh, uh, Let me jump down here. He's talking about Moses. See, it says Moses right there. And let's come down here to... Look at verse 10, God says, I was very angry with them for their hearts were always looking somewhere else instead of up to me. And they never found the paths, those blessings that I wanted to follow. Then then God, full of anger, this is when they got to the promised land and they said, we can't go in there. He made an oath and would uh, would never let them come into his, look, he called it a place of rest. Beware then of your own hearts, dear brothers, lest you find that they too are evil and unbelieving and leading you away from the living God. Notice it's not we're, we're going to make mistakes. He says leading you away. See, some people here were saying, I just don't think Jesus is it. I'm just going to play it safe and just keep the Ten Commandments over here. I'm going to be a Pharisee or a scribe or you know a Sadducee don't believe in the resurrection. I don't trust this Jesus stuff. That's what he was warning them about right here. Uh, so he comes on. Notice I want you to see here. Let's see. Oh, he's talking about the same thing here. And so he was, uh, last, last two verses, and to whom was God speaking when he swore with an oath that they should never go into the land he promised his people? Remember what was in that land? All these blessings, houses and everything, grapes and uh, prosperity. He was speaking to all those who, uh, to disobey, who disobeyed him. And why couldn't they go in? Look at that, because they didn't trust him. It's all the same thought. Look at this. And so the very next, it's chapter four. But although God's promise, look at that, still stands. Wait a minute. That was a long time ago. It's still out there. Look at that. All may enter in mercy. I want to jump to some punchlines here on this one. Look down here. This is the same chapter. So let us come boldly to the very throne of God and stay there. Find his mercy to, and grace to help us in times of need. Now, let me jump to another verse, uh, 8, verse 6, I think it is. Oh, he's talking about Moses on Mount Sinai here. Look at this. Ooh. Oh, there it is. I passed it. Look at this. But Christ, as a minister in heaven, has rewarded us, look at this, with a far more important work than those who served under the old laws, because the new agreement that he passes on to us from God contains, look at this phrase, far more wonderful promises. Now, I'll tell you right up front, if it ain't got anything to do with health, it ain't that great. Boy, in the Old Testament, man, they had promise of health. Jesus healed everybody. He even told us in Mark 16 that all of us believers can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. James, the Lord's very brother, says in chapter five, he says, oh, is anyone sick among you? We'll stop right here. We're gonna wind up going 45 minutes or so, but let's, let's, let's look what the Lord's actual brother, they had the same mama, and he didn't believe Jesus at first, but he found out later. Uh, look what he says. <laughs> this was written to a church. It was a little note. Oh, is anyone sick? Well, that must be sick spiritually. That does not make sense. That's so stupid. But hey, as a Baptist, what what did we do? We just said, well, we'll pray for the sick. We don't know if they're going to make it or not, but we'll pray for them. But we don't want to. We're not going to push God. We're going to pray like this, Lord. If it be Thy will, you know, heal Janet. But if not, it's okay. We know you might be teaching her some lesson with COVID. I would. uh, Janet would hit me if I was praying that way. Just stop, please. Don't pray for me that way. Look what he says. Is anyone sick? And I mean, first up, yeah, I'm sick, and I have been a bad scoundrel. This is for you. You think you're not going to get healed because you, you're a bad scoundrel. Did Jesus isolate people that he healed because he healed them all? Did he say, now, buddy, you're on Santa's naughty list, and I can't help you. He healed 10 lepers, and only one came back and said, thank you, Jesus. He still healed them all. All right, here we go. He should call. That means the sick. For the elders of the church, they should pray over him and pour a little oil on him, calling on the name of the Lord, look at that, to heal him. And their prayer, if offered in faith, yeah, really, because some people we don't believe a thing. If offered in faith, look at that, will heal him. Notice it didn't say, we got to check and see if God's willing. He's willing to do this. And their prayer offered in faith will heal him. Look at this, for the Lord will make him well. And if his sickness was caused by some sin, the Lord will forgive him. Oh, that's the part we don't believe. Let me switch this to the King James. You probably heard it a little more here. Look at this. Oh, let's, let's see. He says, "Oh, uh, well, we'll get to this part here. Well, 14 said, just to make sure we saw it. Is any sick among you? Okay, let him call the elders. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. We got it. Same thing. The prayer faith shall save thee, sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And I love this. If he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven. Praise God. This stuff is too good, but we don't want to say it's too good to be true. We're going to say, Lord, I just trust you. I don't know how you can keep up with all this, but I'm going to take it. Praise God. Even for the sake of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, establish your covenant with me. Bless me with the finances. Bless me with the health. Bless me with my cows, my cattle, everything I'm doing, and I'm going to thank you for it. Yeah. And that's what, the, it, when you look at it, that's you're telling the Lord, telling the people about Jesus around you. Cause you're carrying, I mean, how are you going to deny this? They're going to say, well, I just don't believe in Jesus. I think we've been here billions of years. Well, they look at their life and they look at your life. You know, they go, well, I don't know how you missed out on COVID. You know, <laughs> I don't know how you came through COVID and still survived. I don't know how you, how old are your kids? You don't have any of your kids that are having troubles? And if you got kids having trouble, don't worry. The prodigal had trouble with one. He ran off. He come back. Don't worry about it. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We just thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that, according to this scripture. And if we're hurting financially, you'll fix that. And if we're hurting in some big problem, whatever, we're not going to say the giants are greater than you. No, no, no. You'll get us out. And so that doesn't leave anything left. But for us to tell others what you've done for us is we tell them about Jesus to save the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord is yeah, that good? Praise God. Yeah, we're right at 45 minutes. And-